in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Top 10. I am John Roca. And I am Matt Nost. We're here to bring you another movie discussion this week. Uh, yeah. This time, we're doing DC movies for the release of uh, Black Adam. So we haven't touched this topic in quite a few years. Yeah, it's been a few years. We, uh, and I broached it to Matt. And Matt's like, I think we did it. And I'm like, yeah, but it's been a bit. And so we looked back and realized it had been a bit. And there's a lot of new entries in the DC or DC connected universe. It's not just DCEU, it's all DC. Mm-hmm. So there have been, been a number of films since we last did this list. And we thought since this is a live show for our patrons who are $10 and above, this is a fun little perk that you get to play along with us and submit your films that you think should have been nominated or should be in the top 10 of DC films. Now, if your order has changed with some of these films that have come out, over the last few years, Matt, for sure. I know my orders changed for sure. I was surprised what I, where I landed with some of these uh, in um, entries. Uh, yeah, I mean, DC since the last time we did this has put out a string of very interesting and unique yeah. movies yep. that definitely made entries on my list. And there were some that just would be like eleven or twelve, and that's they're they're mm-hmm. clearly trumping quite a few that came before them. Right, right, right. So DC's been on a decent run uh, as of late. I mean, there's still some in there that aren't my cup of tea, but right. they, they've you know done much better than uh, I was anticipating because DC had an st- unsteady track record. Yeah. Well, the amount of dysfunction that has gone on at WBDs and, and is continuing, by the way, with Zaslav coming in and just throwing Batgirl uh, into the water and uh, the rumors are shutting down the Supergirl show or film that they were going to do moving blue beetle to theatrical which is great but then canceling all these other things rumors that he might be moving michael keaton out that he's just going to show up for one appearance in flashpoint and that's it um and replacing him with affleck rumors that he's trying to bring the big big rumor that cavill is coming back in black adam so there's all kinds of stuff that's happening now that's like oh rumors big rumors changes and so it's uh, what's it is new year same shit it just feels like that with wb and so it's a miracle that there are any good films that have come out of all that madness and constantly changing uh owners or constantly changing studio heads or constantly changing people in charge of the dc movie film division or now tv division as well it's a miracle that anything comes out of this that people actually like so um whereas marvel has stayed pretty steady and they've had the occasional bumps or stumbles, but for the most part, pretty consistently good stuff. Here, it's been like, yes, and then, and then, yes, and then, so it's just insane to follow what Warner Brothers uh, has been doing over the last few years with this, with DC. Um, thankfully, though, you know, it looks like Ezra's doing better, <laughs> and uh, they're going to keep him on. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. That's the move right there. Totally. That is the move. So good for you guys, you know. Back a real winner with that. That guy doesn't uh, seem like he maybe needs 
some sort of help. Yeah, right. And uh, distance from the public eye for quite a long time. But no, no, no. Let's have them do a public apology tour, and that'll be good enough because we've we've already you know spent way too much on this, and the expectations yeah. are too high. Uh, we can't fuck with the release on this. I'm fascinated by the people who defend Ezra Miller but go after the Batgirl movie. Like it just it just doesn't make any sense to me. You can defend Flashpoint. That's different. I'm talking about Ezra Miller. And people, there are so many people that are like, you need to have more understanding. You need to have sympathy. You need blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, sure. And then what about the background? Well, Zaslav says it's terrible. So I trust him. You've never met the man. You've never followed the man. You've never paid attention to his, to any of his films or sorry, any of his work. You don't know him that intimately to trust his judgment that Batgirl was terrible. Like that's, that's the thing. And so they're putting all their eggs in. With Ezra, who is as unstable as you get, whereas Leslie Grace has been pretty chill, done her thing. She's shown nothing but class. And even after they cancel the film, she's been nothing but class. And so there's the difference. And it's a little frustrating when you're a person of color watching this shit. It's like, God damn it. You know, why does the white dude get all kinds of forgiveness and uh, leeway and rope? But the uh, person of color, the woman of color who could lead this Batgirl, why aren't we allowed to see the movie and make up our own minds? You know, it's kind of how I felt about Lord Miller and the solo thing. You're 90 percent or 80 percent done with the movie. Let him just fucking finish it. And then if we like it, we like it. If we don't, we don't. It's better than what you got, which was this safe, really not that spectacular film. So I don't know. Yeah, I think that's putting it kindly. Well, I have some friends who really like that movie. And I just in case, if they happen to stumble upon this episode, I don't want them to get hurt. I would love to hear the explanation. (laughs) There are quite a few. Knapsack leads the way. Ken's got I I have yet to hear Ken find fault. So in 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 anything, you mean anything Star Wars? When I've talked to him, it's it's always been, oh, this is really good for these reasons. I'm not saying he's constantly just singing the ship. praises of right. and at the same time it's not like we talk all that often oh fair enough fair so enough. maybe he does but yeah. I, I have yet to see it so i don't know if that's the the greatest barometer from my experience yeah yeah, yeah. just because he is such a, a fan of the series that i he think is. he can find things that that i might not feel are enough to yeah. elevate the project beyond you yeah, know yeah. dull which is what ultimately i think that movie was for me yeah which is kind of impressive. And I don't know, a couple small changes. And I mm-hmm. think it would have been better for the character for me personally. Yeah. Like if he is a rogue and the scoundrel, it's like, oh, you know, like at the end when he gives the credits back, he mm-hmm. should keep like 10% for himself. Yeah. With the smirk on his face. Yeah. And just be like, Chew, look, we got gas to pay for. Yeah. You know, we, we deserve a little something for our troubles and be like, yeah, yeah we would all agree to that. He gave 90% back. Yeah. Uh, you know, akin to, uh, you know, what may or may not have happened on a certain TV show. <laughs> I was just about to say, we may or may not be giving away something from a certain TV show. True. And I agree. Yeah. The comparisons there are actually pretty valid, you know, and and sure, Solo would absolutely take 10% because Solo is not that person that you see in the rebellion in A New Hope. At that time, he is very much about himself. And though he may be selfless in moments, He's still very much a survivor, and because he's a survivor, he's all about himself. He's got to stay alive somehow, and especially now that like his hookup to the jobs is gone and turned on him, and you know everybody else aside for Chewbacca is kind of out of his realm of influence or can help him. 
he's even he should be even more um adamant about taking a certain kind of a certain amount so that he can stay alive for a little bit so he figures out what to do next true he put on all the effort too matt as you said um but anyway you know that's neither here nor there for today's uh topic yeah have you seen the black adam reactions a lot of positive words a lot of positive tweets uh about black adam yeah mom's the word i've already seen it oh wow matt knows look at you look at you wow and before we get too far um yeah look a great match on sunday but i think Saka and Martinelli, but mainly Saka was just a little too much. Was just a little too much. Like right now, we're we're killing it in the EPL, and so you're it feels like it's our year. You're serious that you saw Black Adam already, so you don't want to say a word. People are tweeting out their reactions, which means you can give some general feeling about the movie. Yeah, are you serious? You've seen it. And I think that's kind of shitty, to be honest, because I don't but like to, to. Okay. I don't like to tell people, or I don't like being told beforehand anyone's okay. thoughts personally. All right. But I like that you segued off of a tough defeat. Oh no, we can talk about this if you really want to talk about this. That's fine with me. <laughs> I was telling Lily how you couldn't even name five players on the team, but Dude, you know, how dare she you? Because she can name the whole starting lineup on Liverpool. Um, but no, I understand. I get it. <laughs> it was a, and her. T- tell you that. Tell you what. It was a gangbuster of a game for sure. Um, we certainly looked a bit intimidated uh, at times in the first half, and certainly in the second half more so. And it was a bit frustrating to watch. Um, but uh, the we got an injury to Luis Diaz, which really sucks. He's going to be out now for two months, and Trent Alexander's out for two weeks, two or three weeks now with the injury, and Joel Matip as well. So. For me, the team right now with all the injuries we're dealing with, we're a makeshift team. It's it's a miracle we scored any goals against you guys and kept it close. Uh, that penalty was bullshit, but whatever. It you know it's a crafty yeah, move you by Jesus. Get Jay-Zuzu. some calls. You don't get some calls. Yeah, I know. But uh, Jesus is a whiny so bitch, far. and I hate him. So you know, whatever. Um, this is know, true. It is. Sounds a little bit. Is this true? Do you wear your Arsenal underwears? Listen, my underwear choices are mine and mine alone. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. So how dare you bring that up? And then are you ready for tonight's what could be the worst game of the season game? Which, oh, oh, Commanders versus the Bears? It's you and I again, huh? Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. I've got a it's screening tonight, so I'm maybe going to watch. The worst game. Yeah, it's going to be like 10 to 3 or 6 to 1, 6 to 5 or something like that. It's going to be terrible, man. It's going to be brutal. I hope you guys win. I hope you guys win. Well, uh, yeah, it doesn't It doesn't matter. It's do you like Justin? Do you like? Do you like? Do you feel he's coming along? No. I mean, he's he's hit some sh- some throws that are nice to see, but so did Trubisky. Ah, fair point. He fair shows. Point. I don't have faith in his arm. Okay, and that's his job. Not his instincts, his arm. Or both. Well, I guess you could couple some of that with instincts, but when you watch him, it's just like I don't. If his best quality appears to be. Play breaks down, he runs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, which 
is great in moments, but right. not as the default setting. <laughs> so unless the arm catches up with that ability and you're like, well, maybe it will, you know, he only got so much starting time last right. season. It's young in this season, but right. he doesn't show the flashes of, Boy, this guy could lead. That being said, though, Josh Allen, his rookie season, I thought he was just going to be the biggest flop of all time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I remember once he was getting sacked and he like threw the ball over his head or something. And it ended yeah. up being just a brutal turnover. Something I think it was a pick like six. That. I think it was a yeah. pick six. Yeah. yeah. It was just it, it's watching it. You're like, that is a stupid mistake. Just take the sack in that moment or throw it out of bounds so you get the intentional grounding, but it's worth, yeah. it's better than turn the ball over. The percentages are higher that you'll be okay with the sack yeah. or the loss of yards over just bla- just the blindly tossing it over your back. And you won't even get credit for it because they won't be like, oh my God, he was what incredible vision. It was like, well, how lucky was this guy to yeah. find his receiver? They will not give you the credit. So just take the sack, move on to the next play, and learn from the experience. Yeah. Yes. Ask yourself, like, what would Mahomes, Rodgers? <laughs> no, don't. Brady, don't ask what like Mahomes would do because the Mahomes is throwing jump passes, side passes. Jamal. Well, yeah, but Allen has a lot of those, you know, attributes. Yeah, true. Now, now. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, any quarterback in that situation, just like visualize what the best of the best would do. They would take yeah. a sack in that instance. Do you think so. we're in the Jake DeLome section of Trubisky's career? Do you think he's just cooked mentally? He's oh no, uh, not Trubisky. Um, Baker Mayfield. I mean, watching him for Carolina the last two or three weeks, fucking brutal, dude. Fucking brutal. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's definitely not going to be a starter much longer. No. So yeah. it just the precipitous drop he had all the accolades and everything all the momentum coming in and he was saying the right things i woke up feeling dangerous and all that jazz <laughs> it's a great line it's a great line it is a great line. um <laughs> and then from there it's been up and down and up and down yeah and now to see the team with a backup quarterback still being a competent team just like yeah well, yeah if they didn't have a a serial assaulter in the wings and they had like a more competent fucking quarterback, this team would be legitimately dangerous. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett's okay, but yeah, you're right. Okay. If and he's doing what he can. Uh yeah, I mean, it's kind of scary to look at Cleveland and and it, once Deshaun gets done with everything, he'll be leading that team into next year and they could be a real contender, especially because the Ravens look shaky again. The Steelers are four or five years from being dangerous. Uh, who else is in that division? With Oh, and Cleveland, oh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati. You know what you have now with, with the way they played the season with Burrow and that team. So, yeah. Yeah, that division is ripe for someone to take it. Yeah. I don't know. This year's been wonky. I mean, the NFC East is arguably the strongest, and that's crazy talk. <laughs> it is. The Giants, I've watched two Giants games now, and it's it's baffling. Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback. No, he's not. But somehow, not. somehow. Yeah, they're crushing. How they beat how they beat the Packers is beyond me. Just absolutely beyond me. And it should embarrass the defense. It is it wasn't like 
you know, 12 to nine. The the Giants put up points on that defense, and Aaron can only do so much with these rookie receivers and these toss-offs like Cobb. So, like, the defense has to step up. And look at what's happened with Dallas. Like, they know they've got a backup quarterback running the offense, so the defense knows they got to step up like crazy. And they've been killing it on defense. Why aren't why isn't the Packers defense doing the same thing? How do you allow the Giants to just keep going up and down the field on you? It's kind of mind blowing to me. I don't know, London and well, time change and all that. Still, it's pride. Yeah, I mean, it's we should probably, you know, move on, but it is interesting how certain teams their identity never changes. Like the Bears, we don't have a quarterback again, but we can run the ball and we can play defense. It's the same song and dance. The Packers, their offense is faltering, but their defense yeah. is like it's always yeah, it's pretty true. mediocre to to you know below e- league average. Yeah, fair point. Uh, Does the NBA kick off tonight or next week? No, it's not tonight. Okay, so say if you're dropping dimes, it's coming back. You know, are you distracted? You all right, man? You seem distracted. You seem to got a four hundred fucking things on your mind right now. Are you okay? Uh, no, no, I'm I'm fine. Okay, <laughs> we're good. So you're drifting off in the three different directions, but all right. Um, you say you want to move on. Should we just get into the show? Shall we? Uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? You're let's taking to respond. All right. I, I'm not. Maybe it's a delay between the two of us. Oh, I no, don't feel no like delay. I'm completely distracted. Uh, How dare you? I know you're probably playing uh, playing solitaire right now. Um, anyway. Solitaire. <laughs> yeah, I'm running Windows 98, and I've got my favorite design on the cards. It's the best. You got the old mouse. Yeah, I got Minesweeper on, and it's the big, uh, the big field ninety nine or whatever it is. <laughs> I got that going. I always play free cell. That oh, free cell, right? That's good stuff. I remember free cell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was uh, at one point. I had because it'll keep a tally of how many games straight you've won, and I had yeah. a crazy streak. And when I finally lost, I was just so upset. But it was. Like fourteen hundred games or something. Wow. Yeah, no, it was. It went on for a <sighs> long time. Jesus, wow. That is a long time. My God. Um. All right, so we're gonna get into the top ten DC films here on the top ten. Break it on down, and um, you know, uh, do our count. Uh, Matt, how's the show work? Uh, once we set a topic, we go our individual ways, create personal top 10 lists, show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one a piece. Once we have revealed our personal top 10 list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Um, all right. What do you got at number 10, my man? Um, so I limited to one per series. Okay. I think, you know what I'm hinting at? Yes, I think I do. Um, Otherwise, that that character is still very well represented on my list. Oh yeah, ditto. Um, so that aside, that was my only caveat. Oh. Okay. Uh, so at ten, yes, I have uh, Jimmy Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Ooh, that's my number nine. Good choice. Um, it was nice to see some fun in the DC yeah. universe. Agreed. As opposed to the always super serious, you know, uh, dark. The world is bleak. The outcome yeah. of all this is dire at all times. Just a little bit of fun. Yeah. Um, I did find it a little weird at times. Okay. Well, like the the rat catcher and yeah, his yeah, daughter. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, that is a strange character. Whereas like the the six-foot weasel didn't bother me. 
I, I realized it, I was all over the place watching it and I was like, why does this yeah. okay for me? And then this one isn't, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just, I don't view a superpower of controlling rats is on par with everybody else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I, I'm not entirely sure. That being said though, um, a reintroduction of uh, a few characters mm. and new introduction of others, like to bring the polka dot. Yeah. Like the, is he polka dot man? Polka dot man. Know. Yeah. Yeah. The um, David is mulching character. I was there trying to get the name right. Um, really inventive and fun. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Pulled off really, it'd be tough for almost any director to do that. And I guess you trust Gunn more than you trust damn near everyone else because he made a tree and raccoon endearing in Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. True. So perhaps you give him a little bit more leeway, but he can bring these eccentric characters uh, to life. And then from that spun off, we've got uh, Peacemaker. Yeah. Which has been a fantastic TV show. Such a great show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like thoroughly looking forward to the next season of that. Yeah. Ditto you yeah i love it i mean i i I enjoy the hell out of the second season or the the first season of peacemaker looking forward to it um i i liked this film a lot i wasn't sure what to expect because the first suicide squad film the beginning has so much potential and then it becomes really fucking stupid with like phantom characters or whatever you don't let um uh katana talk uh i think that's the uh, the uh, character's name uh, you kill off Adam Beach right off the bat. Like, it just is a weird film, and not in a good way. And you still had a really great performance, obviously, from Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn and Will Smith. And even uh, Joel Kinnaman, I thought, was good in the film as Rick Flagg. So when you come into this, you're like, okay, you're bringing some people in from the past, but then you're bringing new people in, and there's supposedly two teams. How does that all work? And I'll be damned if he didn't make it all work. He gave us enough time with that first team that we got who everybody was so yeah. that when all shit went down, we were like, Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. You know, it was great. And then when the new team showed up um, with all the stuff that went on behind the scenes with how Amanda Waller got them together and then having the team turn on Amanda, which I thought was really surprising as well. And then the Starro shit, which was genius. Um, they made it all work. Um, I didn't have any problem with it. I actually thought Ratcatcher was a great addition and, She's uh Daniela Melchior was great. So um, I thought that was a nice addition to the uh, DC universe itself. I thought Margot had another nice storyline to play out. And mm-hmm. um, I thought uh, Elba was great with the chemistry with, um, with Cena, them both going through the camp competing on how many people they can kill at the same time, yeah. all the way to the end. And that twist and turn of all of that. Um, and then even the end between confrontation between both of them with the bullet and all of that, that was a great surprise. So there was so much about this that was well-written, was funny, uh, had uh, really great fleshed-out characters. And although it was funny, never sacrificed the stakes and the actual feeling that death was around the corner for all of them. And King Shark, Stallone doing a great job as King Shark as well, which is almost always overlooked when people talk about this movie. He did such a good job as uh, King Shark and Kinnaman killing it again. That scene with him and Cena when they're fighting and what he says to Cena. God damn, that's some really emotional shit going on between those two guys at the end there. So it's good stuff. Good stuff, this movie. Yeah, I think you got the most out of Kenneman. I'm not, mm. he's not quite 
Tyrese for me, where he's the kiss of death when it comes to movies. <laughs> wow. Okay. I I don't know. I've only liked him in spurts. Okay. Uh, and all the stuff he's he's that I've seen. Yeah. It's been hit and miss for me. You didn't so like I'm, him in the killing? The TV series? I didn't see the killing. Kill oh, okay, okay, okay. But like uh, his small stint on House of Cards, I thought was all right. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's uh, one of the reps. That's right. Yeah, he, yeah he's running. Uh, oh, he's running for president. For president. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah right. I, thought, I thought that was a, a good foil. But then the previous Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. I don't know if I blame him for it, but he was part of the, God, I don't care about this character Yeah. at all. And okay. he wasn't alone, though. There was quite a few in that. Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Altered Carbon. I couldn't get into. Okay. He's in that. Wow. Uh, there was something else too. Is Robo that like him? The RoboCop remake. Yeah. In that. Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. That's, I agree with you. It was okay. It wasn't yeah. great. Yeah. It wasn't great. Yeah. Although I think the people hold the first one in such high esteem, which is somewhat dumbfounding to me. It's mindless fun. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of 80s movies. I think people get way too obsessed about and they revere them in a way where it crosses the line between nostalgia and they try to tell you that these are like classic great movies. And you're just like, no, no, that's your 10 year old talking. This is not a classic great movie. Robocop is fun. Yeah. And the message of, you know, exploring the corruption of the police force when it's sure. uh, when it's bought and paid for, that can be ex- that has been explored yeah. in much more um, deeper films. Yeah, this technology is run amok. Yeah, uh, Techn- yeah, exactly. What is a man? Right, all a of soul, that. all yeah. those things. Like, yeah, it's in there, but then there's yeah. also like a dude doing coke off a of prostitute. <laughs> Right. There's yes. a dude dying from nuclear waste on his body. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There's a lot of stupid fun in there. It's like the people that hold up Total Recall as being this amazing oh, masterpiece. And oh, be like, come on. Listen, I like Total Recall. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, right. But it's got some really stupid parts in it, too. It's just it's, it's got a balance. It's What's still a product of its era. What's the other one that people love? Oh, Starship Troopers. People fall all over oh, that, themselves trying to you tell you. You can't sell me. That movie is dog shit. It is absolute <laughs> dog shit and the ones that are like no it's really a discussion of no that is you using your yeah. intellect to posit something on it that the filmmakers never intended <laughs> yeah. or if I'm they not did to the level not, yeah that you're positing it right? not to the degree to which you have spent you spent more time creating the mythology of this and the ideology yeah. Yeah. than i believe they did yeah <laughs> i'm not buying so it true. in the slightest plus it's got some brutal acting oh yeah from people that look, they they never got shots on on film again for very good reason. Casper Van Dien, Dina Meyer, uh, what's her face, um, Denise Richards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's true. It's true. Busey is one of the best actors in that movie. <laughs> Jake Busey, yes, he is. When you go to watch it, he is one of the best actors in that. You're not wrong, man. You're not wrong. Like you know. Neil Patrick Harris is some sort of like authority figure. Yeah, what? MPH is fucking. I can't. MPH. He's good for How I Met Your Mother, although I only ever watched two or three episodes of that. And he's funny in the um, Harold and Kumar films, right? And but outside of that, I rarely buy him in anything, nor do I enjoy him much in anything. Mm. It's true. 
I just have a heart. When they say MPH is hosting, I'm like, yep, I'm not going to watch that. Um, his stint in Gone Girl, you could have gotten someone much yeah. more believable as that role in that role. And it was fine. He did a fine job, mm-hmm. but it could have really resonated if you had gotten an actor who could actually deliver quite a few levels to that character and his obsession with her. So that when the twist happens with between them, you feel that mixture of like, well, you kind of fucking deserve it, but also fuck, I feel really bad for you that your life ended up in this situation, but you don't feel that way about MPH. And he doesn't, he doesn't engender that with you. when you watch him. He has a a charm and a likability generally. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. But I don't like, did you watch uncoupled? It's on Netflix. I believe it's on Netflix. I did not watch Uncoupled, no. Uh, it's okay. 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 And he's really good in certain parts, and he is god-awful in some others. Like, he, mm-hmm. there's one where he gets drunk in an episode, and it reminded me of, uh, what was that? Was it P.S. I Love You, the Hillary Swank, where yeah. Gerard Butler dies? Yeah, P.S. But you remember, the, I've only seen the trailer. Uh-huh. Where she's singing karaoke in the big, what they do to female actresses who've never done comedy before is she takes a Pratt fall that off screen that you can't see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the equivalent of that. Oof. It's just like, that's not good comedy. That's, yeah, no. It's just not. And he's doing this over the top drunk that's reserved for Looney Tunes cartoons. Oof. Uh, I don't know. It's like, yeah, all up. Of uh, uh, Speedy Gonzalez's friends that were drunk all the time, it's equivalent to that. And you're like, what? What is this choice? But then when he has these heartfelt moments with his his former yeah. partner, you buy it 100. percent He's dialed in on those. Oh yeah, fair enough. Okay. I don't know. There's some yeah. other. There, there are a couple people on it that I think are utterly fantastic. And then yeah. it's like, boy, I'd recast this person and this person. Yeah. Tisha Campbell's great. One of his friends is great. Oh, yeah. Okay. Tisha's in this? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a couple others. His partner's uh, great. Uh, but anyway, neither here nor there. Let's move on. That was yeah, so my 10, 10. nine. This is number 10. <laughs> I know. We just spent nine minutes. I know. What's your nine? Uh, my nine is you just go ahead and say the words punt now, and I okay. will agree. What is it? I, I'm not even going to tell you. Just go ahead and say the words punt. <laughs> All right, fine, punt. Okay. <laughs> What's your eight? My eight? Uh, my, you might might as well go ahead and say the words punt now okay. as well. What's your eight? Go ahead and say the words punt. Oh, fine. Uh, punt. You better hope it's on this. It, it is. Okay. They both All right. are. All right. So what do you All got right. at 10? All right. So my number 10, Um, I don't know. It was really tough to put this one on here at this low level, but I do find that I'm not, um, I find myself becoming less and less of a fan of the film, but I had to put one of them on here. Uh, and so, um, well, we're not one of them, but one of the versions on here. So I put uh watchman, the director's cut at number 10. Is that a punt? Is that on your list at all? Well, I mean, it it's a slight punt. Okay. All right. So which means what? It's at se- should we wait on it then? We can talk about it. It's my seven. Okay. All right. All right. That's so fine. yeah, this it's the director's cut. And um 100%. Uh, I like this version much, much better than the original cut. Mm-hmm. I like what they do with the characters. I like what we explore more. We flesh them out a little more, spend more time with them, see some more stuff out of the comics. And just reading some people. You know, listen, Matt, I, I don't know. I'm coming to this place now 
we're kind of really sick of reading the snarky reviewers and the snarky writers about film and the way they denigrate certain movies and in the gleeful nature with which they denigrate Watchmen at times really bothers me when I read it because I really think they're fucking idiots because they're just like, oh, this was just a copy and paste job from the panels. And, you know, there's not really nothing inventive except the opening sequence. And, well, there's a lot going on here with the acting, with these characters. And in the director's cut, you really get to see these relationships, mm-hmm. you know, explored and fleshed out and really lived in. So that when things start to happen to some of these characters, as this progresses and you find out, obviously, if you haven't read the book, you find out who, or the novel, graphic novel, you find out who's behind all of this. There's actually real weight to the revelation. Uh, the whole Dr. Manhattan storyline is so well done in here. Yeah. You feel that every moment. The act, I mean, yeah, my one, the reason why I moved it down is because Malin Ackerman is, horribly miscast as sally jupiter you think so horribly well i just don't buy her i don't believe her. i guess you're right i shouldn't be mean i don't buy her in the role i'm all for being mean i just (laughs) i don't agree with the horribly miscast i think Uh, she's good i don't buy her in the role i don't buy her connection to uh billy crudup i don't buy that she loves him it it never works for me and the stuff with her and the owl dude she doesn't have that like you want to cast an actress that has that thing that vulnerability well that carla gugino who plays her mom yeah she was younger yeah, yeah. that's a oh, better she would have been great in the role oh my mm-hmm. god yes but you know she's a oh, silk specter i guess is the name of um carla. yeah and then her mom is carla gugino and she's damn good in the role is it gugino i thought it was gugino yeah, yeah. i don't know yeah we're not gonna sell it here i don't think um and so she's great in the role, but I think she, I think Malin is the only one who is miscast and Malin essentially is the female lead of, of the piece. And so for me, that's why I have to move it down a little bit down to 10, but everything else around it in the film is great. Jack Earl Haley. Fuck. That's a great Horshack. I mean, a uh, Rorschach and I've never seen that show, but I know that. <laughs> I'm not stuck in here with you. You're stuck <laughs> yeah. in here with me. Um, but no, he, he, he was a great uh, uh, Rorschach. And I loved Jeffrey Dean Morgan as a comedian. What a great uh, mm-hmm. transfer from the page onto screen. And some of the moments that they show you are really brutal. So, uh, but yeah, that's the only reason I move it down a little farther is because of that. So, um, and I think the criticism saying, oh, it's basically the the comic already storyboarded and you're just shooting that yeah okay that it, 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 it's easy to say that but then go watch gus van sant's psycho right that's legitimately that's, a trace job that is paint by numbers and yet it is nowhere near as good as the original nope nope so just because you have source material and and i think that's something to be applauded too because yeah. That is dense source material that, you know, Netflix takes Sandman and turns that into a TV series, rightly, because yeah. I think that would be near impossible to do yeah. in one single movie. Yeah. So to be able to pull off something that is coherent for someone that's never read the comic yeah, uh, or the graphic novel, whatever you know, terminology you want to use, yeah. and it's entertaining, yeah. that's, that's pretty damn impressive, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. Um, I love this. Uh, what's this? Uh, Matthew Hess says, the only way Ackerman works as Watchmen is if you keep her as the only human in the Muppet reboot of the film. <laughs> uh, see, if we're talking about recasting her, then I think That's you would uh, recast that one. Uh, I think i keep Jack Earl Haley. Oh, yeah. Jackie, I absolutely keep. I don't know if Matthew Good is a good Ozymandias necessarily, especially after you watch Jeremy Irons do it in the Watchmen series. That's a fucking great Ozymandias. Um, but I do think Jeffrey D. Morgan was good, as I said, and I think um, I thought uh, what's his face, Matt Frewer as Mo- Moloch or whatever his name is. I thought he was great as uh, Rorschach's kind of nemesis. Uh, and um, yeah, I think those. Oh, and Patrick Wilson, I thought he was good for the Owl. I mean, the Owl's supposed to be a nerdy, nebbish kind of guy. So although he's damn good looking, Patrick Wilson, I think he did a good enough job to make him seem a bit schlubby in the film itself. But yeah, you could have absolutely cast a much more character actor kind of guy to play that role, but sure. I think it still kind of worked. So anyway, um, all right. So that was my number 10. My nine is the suicide squad. My number eight, cause I had to choose only one from the series and I'm really surprised, but I do like these other films just a little bit more uh, is Batman returns. Oh, That's okay. I chose from the series. Yeah, sure. Sure. Okay. Well, you know what? One of my two punts then, because it's like, I don't think he'll have any from that Batman series. So there's one spot opened up. But we'll talk about, go ahead and talk about yeah. Batman Returns, because I, I don't have that one from the series, but I have oh, okay. another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I know everyone loves 1989's Batman. And certainly, I love everything with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson in that movie. Everything else in that movie does not work for me. The Robert Walsh shit is terrible. The Kim Basinger stuff is initially good, but then they switch it and it's no good for me. So Batman Returns, though, I have almost, I have only a couple of complaints with it, but overall, I think it's the much better film. I think it holds up much better when you watch it now completely. Even the walk-in stuff works with the construct of what they've done in the film. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is absolutely incredible in that movie. Keaton as well, the back and forth with them. There's There's much more legitimate chemistry between him and Michelle Pfeiffer than him and Kim Basinger. Um, and her reactions to every time she dies are just so fantastic and from and guttural, if I can use that term with Michelle Pfeiffer. Those are guttural moments that you sense the real anger and frustration of being a woman in this patriarchal society. Like you sense that throughout the film. And then, of course, the stuff with Danny DeVito, though I don't 100 percent like his penguin for what they've constructed. There's a pathos to that penguin that is fun to watch in the construct of the movie. I mean, when he's like trying to drive the fucking Batmobile and he's losing his shit doing that, it's it's comical, right? Because he never grew up. He's still that child in a man's body trying to process emotions with the impetuousness of a child. And so he's constantly uh, paranoid, constantly feels like people are going to screw him over because he hasn't developed these emotional traits. And so what he's doing as the movie goes along makes sense. And even when he's sexist as fuck, you're like, yeah, why would he develop? He wouldn't have any knowledge about how to speak to a woman. So he'd naturally be rude and brusque and and disrespectful because he's a villain, too. So it works, you know. So I just think that movie, top to bottom, holds up much better than the the first 1989 bet. I can't disagree with a lot of that argument. Mm. Just have a greater affinity for another in the series. Sure, 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 sure. So to speak. I will say this though, I never, I never felt connected to to it. Like when I 
watch the original one that feels like Gotham. It feels like I'm ensconced in oh, that world. And then yeah. the second one feels like, I don't know, it feels like a facsimile of what I assume. It's almost like another director stepped in to do their version of the first, like to extend mm. instead of Tim Burton. It didn't feel the same to me. I, I don't know why. It didn't feel as lived in or I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's possible that they expanded it out because, I mean, the first film is pretty dark for that time, but it's very limited in where you go, right, sure. in Gotham. There's the alleys, there's the parade, and there's the church. And that's pretty much it, or the steeple, whatever that thing is that they've got. Yeah, it's a church, a steeple, it's a church. Yeah, so they keep everything tight, right? With two, it's like they wanted to expand out. They had a bit more budget. So he was building, he was building, building bigger sets, bigger buildings to, um, as a background for what he was creating there. Yeah. Kind of fleshing out the world a bit more. So I hear you. It feels a little more richer for lack of a better term. Whereas the first Gotham feels a little more, uh, gritty or grungier. Maybe. I think perhaps it's the second returns feels more comic booky. Okay. Like uh, when they're um, initially going to take Cobblepot and dump them in the river, and they're going through that uh, park or whatever. Oh else. yeah, yeah. And it has like a Tim Burton esque vibe, but then you go to Max, what's his name's, the outside Correct. of his office building. Yeah, yeah. And it's got a very uh, uh, like Art Nouveau type of feel to it. Yeah. And then they go to this location. I don't know. It's it was more stylized overall. And I guess perhaps the slightly more grounded realism of the first one resonates okay. more with me. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Not sure. Fair enough. Um, all right. So that's that was my number eight. Um, okay. One of one of my two supposed puns. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Go ahead. Man of Steel. Uh, yes. It, is, it a is a punt. Okay. In the top five, for sure. The other one I know is a punt. So I wasn't. Just once I thought of Man of Steel, I was like, oh, he's not going to have the Batman and Batman Returns. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's going to put in two Supermen. <laughs> Why? I, I've ne- I never think about your list. It's fascinating that you think about my list. I, I do. Honestly, that thought process was as we started the show. Oh, okay. It's not uh, it's like, mentioned. should I say it or should I not? And then I just instantly calculated in my head, well, he's going to have those two and he's going to have this and this. Right, right, right. More than likely, he's not going to have one. Of it. It, took, it took all of like three seconds. It's not like I sat down last night and was like, well, let's see. I will put together my list. Uh, Jihad will have this. Well, uh, it's not like you don't mention how much you th- where you think my stuff's going to be. So That's true. But honestly, yeah. all of those come in the moment of the show. Of like, oh, well, okay. If I have this here, he's going to have that there. I He's Never. a supercomputer, folks. He's a supercomputer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If this is what you're using a super, supercomputer for, then we're either misusing it or we're mislabeling it because in no way should super be added to that. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So what's your, we said what your seven was, right? Because it was yeah. my. More like abacus. <laughs> oh, there he is. The human abacus. Actually, that's even. Have you ever seen the you Japanese kids? Seconds. The Japanese kids that still study on an abacus. Oh, it is crazy how good they are at calculation. Yeah. yeah. Just rifling through. And then 
there's some that have been doing it because they started my guess at like five and six. Oh yeah. Um, so by the age of twelve, they don't even need the, the abacus anymore, and they can do complex calculations, and they're just <sighs> doing it in the air, like this, and just moving it along, and then write down whatever. They don't need the actual physical anymore. Like, dude, That's that crazy. is it's fucking crazy. Yeah, that is wildly impressive. <laughs> you kids are wild, man. You guys are wild, man. Um, all right, so your seven was a watchman. So what's your six? Uh, my six is V for Vendetta. I feel oh, like okay, you did not have. Yeah. That did not make my top ten. Uh, unsurprising. You don't like good movies sometimes. And that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. You know, to each their own. You got to fit seven Superman on that thing. Uh, let me let me ask you ahead. this. Is number one or number two Wonder Woman 84? No, neither <laughs> is. No. Uh, and this is the thing you want to get at. I saw, I was, as I was doing some research for the list, because I mean, you know, you want to see if there's something you're forgetting. And um, like, I didn't know, I keep forgetting that Red is based on DC comic stuff. So um, I was just kind of looking through stuff. And some people had 84, like above some of the other in the films. And I'm like, you're all fucking crazy. You're all just absolutely fucking crazy and you watch these these are people that are getting paid to put together these lists for these websites and i'm like what do you do what what is wrong with you you know and it's just kind of mind blow there's uh, we used to when i was oh god i sound like an old man when i was growing up you used to know this was a good film this was a shit film and we could function and go forward now it's like well is it really a good film well yeah, is it clicks. really a shit film yeah. and it's no longer like just a fun thing to explore. Now it's like, no, legitimately, this might not be a shit film. This might be a shit film that you thought was a good. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck off. <laughs> just no, 84 is hot garbage. Yes. Yes. It is absolutely hot garbage. Drives me insane. People are like, oh, well, what they were saying about the obsession with wanting things in this world and, you know, how it can lead you to a terrible path and, yeah, it was not done well. I can grab the concept. It's not that fucking difficult. It's how it's executed. It, and I think too many people forget that it's how it's executed that matters, not the concept. So. Yeah, it, it sets up rules for its world and then violates them when it's convenient. Yes, right. Exactly. And it's like, okay, yeah. it's this fucking movie. And then not even, if you want to not focus on the logical problems because you are also it's like there's got to be some suspension of disbelief we're talking yeah. about superheroes so what if the plane probably didn't have gas in it like <laughs> but that was just one more thing on top of everything else it's like wait so it's just sitting on this yeah shortened runway at a museum with a full tank but that was already in my head watching it for the first time that yeah. was like my 15th complaint and we're halfway through right it's like that's why it stuck with me amongst a million others is just like, well, because it kept, kept adding up the body count on sins on this thing. Oh yeah. Was egregiously high. But <laughs> when it gets to the end with the Pedro Pascal stuff and just like, you're yeah. doing whatever the hell you want at this point. Oh yeah. And the people that got upset about people getting upset about the fact that she took over or Steve took over someone's body and she essentially violated that dude's body by having sex with Steve. I think that's a bit of a stretch. I, I get people were upset. I get the yeah. reasons why they might get upset about that, but I didn't think that was that big of a deal. I mean, those are, those are allowances you make for yeah, a comic that's... book movie. You're not dealing with the reality of the situation. So um, 
I didn't have a problem with that. But the stuff yeah, with the gas, like logic, leaps in logic, or the stuff with the 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 homeless guy all of a sudden, like what day? What? Yeah, no, that that day? pissed me rightly off. And I was yeah. like, it was cold two days ago, and now it's the Fourth of July. Those are easy things. Those are yeah, easy just mistakes. Doesn't make sense. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I I didn't even think of of that part of it until people pointed it out, and I was like, yeah. oh yeah, I guess you're right, but that's not what that was about and you damned well know it yeah and they forced a they forced a conflict between her and Kristen Wiig that had no business existing it really had no business no. existing it was not fleshed out it was not constructed correctly and there's a reason that a majority of people didn't like the movie there's a reason she moved off Rogue Squadron to go back and do Wonder Woman 3 because she might know somewhere inside of herself she fucked that up you know no matter how much she likes people's tweets or retweets people's tweets about how much they like the movie i think she knows inside i'm talking about patty jenkins she knows inside she didn't get that right so yeah they go back and go get it right and see if three is better looks not it's no shame john wick two is not that great john wick three was no, good I, I, I doubt i'll ever watch it again yeah no i would never watch it again yeah whereas um, three i got it's probably my favorite now yeah yeah and matthew has is great i also gal gadot can't act without chris pine so the dumb way they forced him into the sequel just prove that in my mind. You might be right because I mean she was terrible in Red Notice. Um, I haven't seen Gal Gadot do well post Wonder Woman. I haven't, and I barely saw her do well before Wonder Woman. So we'll see. We'll God, see. Anyway. Smirching your favorite franchise fast. <laughs> Wait, my thing. okay. Um, so that was your six. What was it again? That, that's what that shirt is behind you. It's F10. It all ends. Oh, she's not even. I don't even think about her when I think about the Fast and I she just know a, that she was in it. She was I've an never, ensemble piece. Yeah, yeah. I've seen two of them. Ensemble character, rather. Sorry, in the piece is what I was trying to say. Yeah. Um. So what was your six again? Uh, it was V for Vendetta. Okay, go ahead. You didn't even talk about it. Which we established you hate. And it's mostly just your vitriol towards Natalie Portman. I, I think is. <laughs> misplaced to be perfectly honest oh my god <laughs> uh I, I just the sad thing is it's one of even though you have the hyper realism of someone like v yeah it's one of the most grounded comic book movies you're ever going to see because the okay. system that he is trying to upend yeah is entirely plausible to exist and it it really hurts when you see it on screen okay how the manipulations of people's fears can then get power into certain people's hands and then tyranny uh can easily be established at that point and then you have control over uh media and uh, financial institutions and then once it gets into the uh, pharmaceutical and medical communities thereafter and they do those experimentations and whatnot yeah but the tentacles of something like this would extend out and just the how being quiet and complicit allows them to continue to grow because they're not affecting you. It's the old adage of, well, at first I was, you know, I was silent when they came for my neighbor. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, because it didn't, it didn't affect me necessarily. It's awful. I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, type of situation be like, Oh, it's all well and good until it affects you personally. That's why you need right. to try and, and, put a stop to it before it gets to that point yeah um because i i don't you know the altruism of where the word dictatorship just doesn't exist anymore 
Yeah. Um, yeah, originally it was, uh, it comes from Rome, comes from Latin. I don't know if you know that. No, I did not. Dictator. It used yeah. to be in times of great peril, they would hand over all the power to one individual because they didn't want infighting. That I do remember. Yeah. But I didn't and then remember that dictator was connected. At the cessation of the conflict, the person yeah. would hand over the power <laughs> back to the Senate because that was the greatest honor to show that they were just a loyal citizen and a Roman. And wow. then you would be exalted and praised for stepping up in the time of the public's need. And that shit doesn't exist anymore. No. <laughs> shit. Can you imagine? Yeah, I think like uh, Cincinnatus was one, and there was a couple others. It was just like, I know that dude's name now because he did something that I can't envision any other person doing. It's true. It's yeah. true. Your name rings out 3,000 years later because that shit is amazing. <laughs> you were given absolute power, and then you went, you know what? I'm going to do what I signed up for and hand this Yeah. yeah. God, good for fucking you. Uh so the reality of V for Vendetta, it still rings. I still uh, enjoy it. I think as Portman's character kind of awakens to the reality that she's in and how she can help affect the change in that is us as an audience experiencing yeah. that. And I think it's it's an excellent journey each and every time. Of course, you want more with Hugo Weaving. Yeah. But I think selectively using them is the right thing because it just makes it that much more delicious each time he's on there with his sultry voice. Right, right. Uh, just you know, wooing you with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a damn good film. So that's my six. Yeah. I, I wish I liked it as much as, as you do. Um, I, I own it in 4k. So I've certainly bought it. It's a watchable film. Uh, and of course I wore the mask for a long time, which was fun, but like the, the transfer doesn't a hundred percent work for me from, cause I love the comic, love the comic. And so the transfer though, didn't a hundred percent work for me. And I felt that they went a little distant with the approach to it a little too not highbrow, but a little too much about the intellectual conversation. And you, there was, I wanted to see a little bit more and I don't know if you cast two actors who can be a little bit aloof and standoffish in their portrayals of characters like Hugo Weaving or like Natalie Portman that didn't, that, that helped me feel this way as I was watching it. Like I, I didn't feel connected to either one of them and their story overall, although I think it, it was well-directed. I didn't hundred percent buy into that relationship and that connection, because when you're reading the comic, you see the progression and you understand what is happening between them. So that when she reacts, how she reacts, it's believable. And in this, this was just like, yeah, I'm a badass. And it was, it just, I don't know. It just didn't. Oh, see, I think she grew into that as, yeah. Anyway, fair enough. All right, so my number seven is Wonder Woman. Speaking of which, uh, that was one. That was one of the two puns. So oh, not bad. I, I figured that was going to be a top fiver for you. No, no, I'm a child. Yeah, I was really surprised with some of the. Like I said, I was really surprised with some of these landed. I like Wonder Woman. I think it's a good film. Certainly enjoy uh, Gal Gadot brings to the character. I love obviously the um, the scene in No Man's Land. It's so good. The stuff with her and Chris and Chris Pine is so honest and real and connectable and. You just buy into the chemistry between them and uh, her upbringing there with Robin Wright Penn, who's so great. Oh, Robin Wright, sorry, she's not married to me anymore. Robin Wright and um, Connie Nielsen as her mom. All of that. You buy into all of that as it progresses. 
then when she gets out into the real world, well, not real world, but gets out into the other world with Chris and Steve, it's so good. It's so good. And I really enjoy the film. And I think uh, 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 Jenkins did a great job directing. Patty Jenkins did a great job directing the film. Mm-hmm. It's an anomaly of a film right now. Like it came out when everyone was bashing DC and thinking they didn't really have a chance to do anything. And here comes Wonder Woman that was so universally beloved by people. And the odds were against this film with Godot had not proven that she could carry the film. And a lot of people felt she wasn't that good of an actress. Patty Jenkins hadn't done a film in 10 years uh, because of the system, not letting her direct movies in essence, or turning down her pitches or whatever. Um, And this idea that this character of Wonder Woman, who's so attached to Linda Carter could be embodied by someone else and be successful and damn if they didn't get the job done. So from top to bottom, I, I like this movie a lot. It's just these other films, they just appeal to me more. And maybe because I'm a dude, they just appeal to me a bit more. And yeah. that's why I push, I put it at seven. But in no way is it a denigration that it's at seven. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I have it at nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was uh, sh- very surprised yeah. coming out of it that I enjoyed it as much as I did. And I don't, the people that you know harangue it for the third act, where it does, it does take a, a shift. Yeah, it does. Right with the battle and all of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we yeah. get into more of the, uh, you know, she she's fighting. Uh, what is it? Mars? Is it Mars? I think I it's Mars. It is it not? Because she's it Greek, I'll so it'd it be the Greek you. god. Yeah. As opposed to the Roman uh, knockoff, so that would be Mars, would it not? I don't know my Greek. The differentiation between Greek and Roman all that well. Yeah, the god wise. I mean, the Greeks uh, had theirs, and the Roman just took them and rebranded all of them. Ares, he fights Ares. Ares. He fights Ares. Okay. When I want to look it up, is Mars? Mars is the god of war. Yeah, but for no, he's the Roman god of war. Right, right. Okay, this is the Greek god of war, right? Ares. Uh, yeah, Ares is the Greek god of war and courage. Yeah. So, All right, so I was thinking of, yeah, the Roman rebranding. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm always like the people that know that stuff backwards and forwards. I've always been fascinated with. Oh, yeah, no shit. But it's no, the, but it's their superheroes. Those are their yeah. superheroes. So they're going to know it backwards and forwards. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just always felt like such a niche thing. But everything you get into is kind of niche, I guess. True. Um, but anyway, so that, that didn't bother me. I understood what people were saying, but I was like, I, I don't know. Seems like a fitting end. She is a living God. Yeah. So her first foil, although you could say like, well, they didn't do all that much of an introduction. And then all of a sudden it's boom, this guy's actually a God. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Why are we, you know, let's just enjoy it for the fun. It was, they managed to bring in a different element to this series. So it's not just some alien creature or it's something different and new and unique. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of here for that. Let's uh, let's see uh, more of that, uh, especially yeah. if she's already a Greek god or Amazonian. Yeah, it makes sense that that would be a foil for her that she would naturally kind of uh, square off against. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the No Man's Land is fantastic. Yeah. And everything you said before, her and Chris Pine have a chemistry that makes me happy because I love Chris Pine. Yep. And uh, I just want to see him more on screen and 
for whatever reason, he keeps signing up for projects that just are not that good. Yeah. I mean, I liked what? Hell and High Water? Hell or High Water? Hell or High Water. There was the one with uh, Tandy Newton that came out during uh, the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Was that one bad? Scissors or something like that? I can't remember. I can't remember. It was an espionage. Yeah. Uh, Cold War type of thing, and then they meet up 20 years later. I was kind of mad they moved him off the Jack Ryan thing. I think he deserved another shot at the Jack Ryan thing. I think that wasn't his fault. That's Brana directing it. Brana's terrible Russian accent. Those things that you can't you can't overcome. The tenant just attacking overcome. Tenet right now. I'm just saying Tenet couldn't overcome it. So why would a Jack Ryan shadow recruit film over? I can stop time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so terrible. I love. I love. I don't know if I'll ever go back and worship at the altar of Brana. I do, but that Russian accent, man, of his, he insists on doing it, and it's terrible, terrible. Oh, there's no nuance to it in any way, shape, or form. You know. Um, but yeah, what was the most recent one that he did? I I thought I liked it. Did I not remember? I can't remember what it is. He's got that new one coming out soon. Uh, oh, I, I saw it. Yeah, the um, uh, the Don't Worry Darling. I thought he was good in that, even though oh, it wasn't that big of a role. I thought he was good in that film. He's a good Not actor. thinking of that. Uh, oh, you thinking Dungeons and Dragons? Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, we're in some trouble there. Yeah, we're in some trouble there. Son. Yeah, I am gonna be impressed if it has. Say we'll just use Rotten Tomatoes. If it's above okay. a sixty on critical, yeah. I will be amazed. Yeah, yeah, amazed. That trailer looks god awful. Fair enough. He's got a. He's playing Walter Cronkite in an upcoming film as well, uh, dealing with the death of Jack Kennedy. The day Boy, that's that's so forecasting. Interesting. It's Walter Cronkite. Did not look. Yeah, uh, he's a great actor. I'm not taking away. Sure. Walter Cronkite was not a good-looking man. <laughs> yeah, no offense, but yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, where were we? Jesus Christ, we're off the hook today, or off the chain today. We are Let's... off the hook. Look at you using the lingo, of kids from ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> we're out of pocket. That's what they're saying nowadays. Anyway, Wonder Woman seven. My number six is nineteen seventy-eight Superman. Go for it. Okay. Um, yeah, this one still. I mean, look, I, I. I will defend a certain movie that's coming up against anybody, but, and I understand the nostalgia and magic of this film, but for me, which one do I turn on more? And it is not this one. So that's mm-hmm. why it's a little bit lower than the other one. So to me, this one is still, it still carries the weight and the magic of what it was all about. Richard Donner and Christopher Reeve delivering a wonderful performance. Margot Kidder. So good as Lois Lane. Their chemistry was fantastic. Donner's direction works so well. Um, but there's a there's there's a dated thing about it at times when you're watching this mm-hmm. movie in some of those sequences on the street certainly that ending you can debate that ending on so many levels because it's a very selfish ending and look i know we all fall in love with lois lane and all of that but people c- complain all the time about how man of steel is not a superman movie or he wouldn't do those things he violated the laws of space and time for one woman Okay, one per not even gender, throw gender out, one human being. And that to me is a violation because it's a selfish situation. It's like, why would I ding um, Captain America for all the time? Well, he's got all kinds of rules unless Bucky's involved 
then he breaks all the fucking rules for Bucky. And that kind of shit bothers me. That inconsistency bothers me. And so with, with here with Superman, same thing. Like they have some great chemistry, him and Margo, some funny little moments, flirty moments, real honest, like uh, vulnerable stuff between them, which is great to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, when they go flying and all that is really sweet in the song and all that. But at the end, like Lois dies, dude, you couldn't save her. You know, that's, that's the, the curse of a superhero is you can't save everybody. And sometimes it's the people you love that you can't save. And those are lessons to be learned from that. But here he is spinning the whole world around. And Donner gave us the cop out that he is, you know, whoa, he's stopping an earthquake or he's stopping a, wa- a, a, a whatever you call it, a tidal wave or whatever. He's a dam breaking. He's stopping all of that. Um, but you're also changing the course of history for your own selfish desire to keep her alive. And I think for me, you're, you're not thinking about all the other human lives that are affected by the things that you're doing. She was focused on being, saving her and being with her. And I think that's where the movie for me makes a little bit of smack. Cause all the same people who are going crazy about Superman snapping Zod's neck, Superman pulling that shit at the end of Superman, the movie is also really fucking questionable. So, but I, I do like the movie a lot. Yeah, too- I uh, uh, agree with uh, a great deal of that sentiment. Yeah. yeah. I think he's excellent. Yes. Chris Reeves, fantastic. Yeah. And Hackman. Oh, my God. Yes. How can I not mention Hackman and Ned Beatty? Yeah. I never bought the chemistry between him and Margot. Oh, uh, you didn't buy that, huh? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but I also, I think that could be, I saw it as a kid and uh, mm. I didn't care as much in storylines like that. I, yeah. I don't I'm not sure. Okay. I just like seeing him fly around and do Superman things. And then everything else was kind of boring to me, Fair which I was a kid. So it's understandable. Yeah. yeah. And some of that slightly persists to this day, I guess, when I watch that. Mm. Good point. Um, all right. Well, let's take a break, right, Matt? Yeah. We'll take a quick break here. This one from our sponsor and be right back after this. There we go. And we're jumping into our top five. So my, Number five yeah. is 1989's Batman. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Uh, it cemented my love for the character. Yeah. And uh, big fan. <laughs> we, we've, we've talked about it a number of times. So I don't know yeah. what, to, what can be said. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, when they announced Michael Keaton coming back, it sparked me with a joy of wow, I would love to see you in the cow one more time. Yeah, yeah. Because you lived in my imagination to such a degree uh yeah. for so long that even now when he does stuff every once again, you know, as himself, he'll be seen like on Twitter or mm. or in an interview or something, and then just be like, I'm Batman as a rejoinder to close out a discussion. And it works every time. Every yeah. time I'm like, you have to be fucking Batman. That's that's goddamn right you are uh i still love it i have been a michael key i was a michael keaton fan before that sure sure, thanks sure. to like dung ho and mr mom yeah uh, i hadn't seen night shift at that point mm. um but uh i loved it it's a great movie let's move on okay sounds good um so my number five is and i know people are gonna go crazy when i put this here but it's uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Go for it. Uh, I have seen this movie now four times. 
That's that's like 14 hours. Yeah, it is. Sometimes I have it on in the background while I'm working on shit, editing shit or or putting stuff together or whatever. Um, I just love it, man. I really do. Yeah, that ending. I know the ending scene, but they've earned so much for me by the time to, that they get to that ending scene that I don't, it doesn't bother me, right? Um, I really loved what he did with this story. I mean, I love this movie. I connected to all the characters so much more deeply than I did in that shitty Joss Whedon version. I care about Cyborg so much more. There's there's more of a pathos in that relationship with his dad that was missing from the Just League movie, the original. Mm-hmm. And then the stuff with Diana, the stuff with Bruce. Ben Affleck is allowed to kind of breathe in the role a little bit more. So is Cavill when he comes back. And I know Ezra Miller is persona non grata, obviously, and I agree with that. But like, he's damn good in the movie. His citra, his stuff with Bruce that we get a little more time with that. His stuff with his dad, with Crudup. There's just so much, and the stuff with because with Kiersey Clemens. Who, I'm not Kiersey. I'm sorry. The actress who plays, I think it is maybe it is Kiersey Clemens who plays his, um, who plays uh, Iris, um, which is fun. So much fun. That whole sequence in the pet shop and everything. It's just fucking cool. Mm. And so much of the story here, with and even the stuff with um, Steppenwolf with him and and the dark side stuff. Man, getting so much more of the dark side stuff. That was so cool. So yeah, so much of this film, I think, you're watching an artist at work, and people might get so fucking mad about that. And I could give two shits. Zack Snyder is very much an auteur, and you may choke on that, but it's the fucking truth. When you're watching a Zack Snyder film. You know you're watching a Zack Snyder film. When you're watching a Michael Bay film, you know you're watching a Michael Bay film. Watching a Spike Lee film, you know what you want. So it's very clear what it is. And it may not work for you, and that's fine. But auteur does not say good or bad. It's auteur. And so he is that. And for me, this film is one of the greatest things he's ever directed. Top to bottom, one of the greatest things he's ever directed. And so for me, that's why I put it that high on my high. high, Like I would put it on right now, honestly. You know, it's getting it's entering into Gandhi territory where I would just put it on for no fucking reason. Goo. Okay. I thought you were going somewhere else with the end of that. It's no, in no, Gandhi territory. No, it's like, it's where the fuck picture. are we going with this? <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying it's the best picture. I'm just saying it's something that I can I, it feels three hours are going like that when I watch that movie. So um, yeah. Yeah. I did I did enjoy it infinitely more than Joss Whedon's, but Joss Whedon's was a train wreck of a it, movie. Absolute train wreck, yeah. It's just not enjoyable. Yeah. Um, And I, I agree with you. I think the redoing Steppenwolf and then bringing in more dark side, yeah. but re-visualizing Steppenwolf, when you see the before and after, it's like yeah. the after yeah. is way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, bringing in more of dark side because you know, Darkseid's a great villain. You got to feel that. Yeah, you do. You need to, to get a sense of his power yeah. and all that. And his introduction was like melting rock thingy, whatever's yeah. uh, where it brings him out. It's like, oh, this is awesome. Um, I do like the fact that we got more of an explanation of Cyborg in that backstory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Ray Fisher needs to be recast. Oh, wow. Okay. I just don't. You don't like him huh, in the role. I, I, I find him inert. He's just up on the screen, 
doing nothing for me. He's doing nothing for me. Okay. Um, beyond that, though, like I, I do, I, I I think it's a huge improvement. Mm. But I don't think I'm going to go back and spend the three and a half hours to watch it ever again. Wow. That's why I didn't make my list. Fair enough. It's it's not Gandhi territory for me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't want people to misunderstand that. I wasn't saying it's the best picture. I'm just saying there are certain three-hour movies that when I put them on, I don't feel the three hours. I think subconsciously you were saying, this is Gandhi. <laughs> this is The Godfather. This is Das Boot. This is <laughs> worthy of your time, and the Library of Congress should try and save this for, for preservation. <laughs> have they preserved any comic book movies yet? They had to. Have. Oh, good question. I don't know. You know, I, I was watching this um, documentary that's on Vice. The Rock produced it, and it's about uh, giving you the background on the territories in wrestling that were there before the WWE came in and destroyed them all mm. and co-opted their great stars. And the first episode was last week, and it was about Memphis. And you're talking about Smithsonian Preserved. The only wrestling match that is preserved in the Smithsonian is a wrestling match between Jeff Jarrett and Dutch Mantel because it was performed at a symphony. So they performed. I can't remember what city they performed it in, but it was like, you know, it was like fucking shake your jewelry crowd, tuxedo, dresses, the whole nine, out to see the symphony. And their last song was put to a wrestling match. So the, the 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 floor moved and the ring came up and the match went on as the symphony was playing their song and the songs matched the movements that were happening in the ring. And by the end, even one of the wrestlers, I think Dutch Mantel grabbed the drum to use <laughs> as a foreign object in the match, which was insane. So I had no idea that that's the only uh, wrestling match that is preserved. That's like opera in Bugs Bunny. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I guess. But I'm just shocked, you know. I I've never heard of that. Now I yeah. want to see it. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's you know it's, it's weird. It's outline choreographed, but which means they had to to set it to music. Yeah. they had to go over this match. Oh and yeah, run it totally numerous times I'm to sure. get like okay, and then I'll go from here to here. Yeah. And then we'll do this. It's you know, it's it's the stage direction that you normally get in a movie fight. Yeah, uh, that's super interesting. I, I didn't know. know a that the Library of Congress has preserved any of those. It's it's the only one. It's the only one. Is it Smithsonian or Library of Congress? It's Smithsonian. Okay. Yeah, I had no idea. So just throwing that up. Uh, anyway, um, all right. So where are we at? Uh, let's, I did my five of Batman, then I think you did your five of Justice League. Yes. So my four is yeah. the Batman. Uh, slight punt. Okay, fair enough. My four is Man of Steel. Okay. I've spoken about it a million times, so you guys don't need me here to talk about it ad nauseum. It's my favorite Superman movie right now. I love it. I can watch it right now again. Yeah. I just watched two weeks ago the oil rig scene. Oh, dude. Awesome. Yeah, so good. When they're like, hey, Greenhorn, get your shit together. And then they're like, we got to go. What can we do for this rig? Greenhorn, get the life jackets. And he's like, Greenhorn? And then rips off the door and he's on fire. And the guys yeah. are like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, so it's great. so awesome. And then he jumps out. I mean, can you imagine being a helicopter pilot and you see this dude run out? Yeah. To do what? You're like, well, what are you going to do? Stop steel girders fall? And then he... And guess what? 
He yeah. stopped stealing. Do you think in that moment they actually believed that he did? Or could you just sell oh, yourself on the, the, oh, you know what? It happened to do it on its own as the it was slowly right. crumpling, and that dude did nothing. Right. But God bless him. He went out to try. Like Mass they, hallucination in that moment. Yeah. Like, did, did we really see what we think we saw? Yeah, well, yeah. When you're watching it, it's difficult to tell. Yeah. I'm assuming if you were on there that he arrested the fall. Right. Right, right, right. Just because of all the cataclysm that's going on around it. So I'm watching it. And I'm like, well, if I was in the helicopter, I'm not sure if I would know that he slowed that down at all. Yeah. Yeah. So then I just think he's a fucking crazy person. Yeah. But God bless him. Like he's trying to save all of us. It's true. As stupid and foolhardy as I think that is. I never thought to myself what you said. Like I never thought like, maybe they didn't believe what they saw. Like that's kind of crazy. But how could you believe it? Awesome. You don't know. Yes. Superheroes don't exist. And there's so much happening around you. That's why I think more people have seen UFOs than they're actually have reports on. Like, I think more people have seen those things. But in their minds, they just kind of shove it away or explain it away in some way. Like, oh, you know, might have been my glasses or reflection or whatever. I didn't see what I thought I saw. And it's possible. People fool themselves all the time. Sure, it's possible. I think the it's a great way to put it because people do fool themselves all the time into believing yeah. they've seen aliens <laughs> when there is zero proof outside of the fact that you should probably be on medication or stop skipping your routine on that medication. I'm not I'm not courting any aliens coming down and shoving shit in my ass. So that's all you. That Once is again, the opinions of Matt Nos or Matt Nost alone. If they're here. Yeah, they're not going to be violating keisters. They're here for more than likely much worse outcomes than your manhood being robbed of you. <laughs> doesn't make a lot of sense. Paul Cree is very upset. He says Justice League was better than Man of Steel. Then I said Man of Steel, and he goes, "Awful, awful, awful film." But you go know. to hell, Paul. You go to hell and you die. <laughs> Can you really trust the guy that supports the hammers? Do you think he understands what's good and what isn't? When you've watched a terrible team like that for so many years, West Ham, I don't think I don't think I can trust Paul to know what's good and what isn't good. <laughs> Deal with that. Um, he's probably fooled himself into thinking he's seen things on that pitch that uh, didn't happen. All right, what's your three then? What's your three? Awfully cocky from a Liverpool fan who hadn't been good until the past. What? It's been a long time before this current iteration of them Are being. Are you good. insane? Are you? You have no idea what you're talking about. So. Please just go forward. Please just go forward. <laughs> Isn't that the case? We had, you guys... we had like three or four was it years like... where we weren't. But Oh, we... I thought it was like a fallow period of you're a tough out, but you're not a threat. Well, certainly there's been a number of years of that where we were a tough out, but we were not a threat for the title. But yeah. for the last 10, 15 years, we've been in the conversation. And that's a good thing. According to polls by uh, BBC and other outlets, you guys are in the top three most hated fan bases. Oh, of course. It's like the Yankees. It's, it's no difference. Oh, no. Most people just said you guys are snotty. <laughs> yeah, because Arsenal fans aren't snotty. I don't know what you're talking about there. <laughs> Arsenal was fourth, by the way. <laughs> I want to say you guys were second or third. Well, Arsenal hasn't won enough to even be in the consideration for these kinds of emotions. So that's why. they've. Arsenal hence, has like a, hence the know. snottiness. You, you know, see this? This is the 
It's it's like it seemed it seemed like you guys were like Cardinal fans. We play what football the right way. You're like, okay, you can shove it up your ass. You need to do do. your research because it's Arsene Wenger, who was the former coach of Arsenal, the French coach, who was constantly talking about how his team played football the right way. I think you need to do a little more research, Pally. I'm just gonna say that. I don't know, dude. I I think you're still living with the ghost of Saka in your brain after uh, (laughs) Saka. Yeah, and Martinelli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Martinelli has won, but Saka was the real. Listen, we came close. Like the fact that it was tied in Arsenal with as as messed up as our team is right now, I think that speaks volumes. And I don't know how we're going to do against Manchester City on Sunday, but I feel like we've found a little confidence over the last couple of games. And so hopefully we'll take care of business on Sunday, but we also could get destroyed like 6-1. I have no idea. No idea. Could but be. I like us as an underdog now. I like us. I don't like us on top. I like us as a plucky underdog that sneaks in and gets the victory at the end. Um. Anyway, well, let's move on. Might want to up that sneaking quotient because uh, you guys are slipping. <laughs> it's true. I know. It's tough to watch. <laughs> uh, so my number three is uh, Joker. Oh, yeah. Where's that on my list? I think that's. Oh, no, that's a slight punt. Not even lying. Not even lying. Oh, yeah. That really, that eclipsed. I, I told you. It surprised the shit out of me, man. All right. Fair enough. What do you got next? Dark Knight, number three. The Dark Knight. Three. Yeah. What are we talking about here? That's your punt. Is that a punt? <laughs> of course it's a punt. Okay. What's your two? My two, Um, <laughs> while okay. I, I believe this, it also breaks up the monotony. Of the Batman? Of all the Batman Joker stuff, because that's my top five otherwise. Right, right, right And right. had we had Batman Begins, technically, that probably would have been my top five. I would have put that in. Yeah. yeah. But I tried to. So two, I put Constantine. Oh, fucking hell. Great choice, man. Go ahead, dude. Uh, I knew it was going to make my list. I don't know if it's necessarily two, but given that we already know what my number one is, my three is Joker, my four is the Batman, my five I is Batman. Constantine. I was like, I need to mix it up a little bit. It's a good call. Uh, so I just Constantine to me is a top five film for me, top six film somewhere in that yeah. ballpark. And I was like, I'm just gonna go ahead and throw it up there. That way, I just don't have straight Batman everything for my top four. It, it's a dumb thing that I do with my list, but it's my hey, list. It's your list. So excited they're gonna make a, a sequel finally. Yeah, me too, bud. Me too. I can't believe it's taken all these years. Uh, mm. and hopefully they get to you know. I'd love to see. Shia come back. I don't know that he will. Oof. I don't know. I mean, because certainly that end sequence or post credit scene or whatever, like he's there, or is it a deleted scene where he shows up on the gravestone with the oh, wings? It's got to be he's deleted. The new he's the I have, uh, yeah, I've never seen that. So that's got to oh, be really? deleted. Uh-uh. Holy I'll shit. Have to look that yeah. up. Shia, he goes to the um, grave of Shia LaBeouf's character. And he pays his respects. He kind of stands there, starts to turn around, starts to walk away. And then you see behind him this figure descend on top of the headstone and it's got wings. And you turn around and it's, uh, and then the head lifts and it's LaBeouf. And he's essentially dressed like Tilda Swinton was. So he's the new Archangel Gabriel taking her place. So it was fucking cool, man. Yeah, post credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I can't believe you haven't seen him in. Yeah. So there's certainly a, po- a, a possibility that it could be, he could come back in, in the, in the role. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. Now cool. I, I just did a Google search and there's article after article talking about it. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah I can't believe I didn't know that even existed. Yeah. Well, good. My hope of like, when they announced that, I was like, God, I wish they could bring him back. Cause he's grown so much as an actor yeah, yeah, yeah. that is as much as I would, I guess, prefer if it was a regular instance of like, let's just spend the time with Constantine. Right. The natural inclination with the sequel is, well, we bring in more characters to help flesh out the world a little bit. Um, just like, ah, oh, instead of doing that, what about just bringing back yeah. somebody who's turned into a magnificent actor um, not to say that he was bad in this, he just wasn't asked to do much. No, no, he wasn't. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, the, the, it's a series that they could have a solid three or four of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a huge arc, and given the, that it's a biblical setting. Yes, exactly. It, the grandest scenes in stage possible mm-hmm. for these huge cataclysmic events. And if it really does well, then you can get into the Constantine Dark Justice League crossover stories they've done in comics right. and their their straight to streaming you know yeah. movies. Um, there's a whole world of possibilities. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that open up there, and that's more than likely part of the motivation mm. for a green view of this again. But I'm curious how much longer we're going to buy Keanu in these types of roles. Well, I also think Zaslav. I think he's trying to get movie stars. I think that's his approach. Whether I like it or not is a separate conversation, but I think that's his approach. That's why I think, I believe he's moving Michael Keaton out as Batman. I think he shows up at Flashpoint and that's it. And he wants Affleck to come back. And as I said, the rumors about Cavill coming in as Superman and Black Adam, you know, it's pretty much confirmed. Snyder confirmed it. So it's a post-credit scene or whatever. Um, That's his way of bringing people back. So to me, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he's bringing Keanu in to be his Constantine uh, because Keanu's a fucking star and people love John Wick. People love the, the Matrix stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why wouldn't you bring him back? And I know everyone's obsessed. Well, it's got to be British. got to be British and all this kind of shit. And I think Zaza was like, fuck that. We made an American version. And yeah, we're go it, with that. It was semi-successful the first time around but the yeah. groundswell of support for it over the years has grown it's not like it made 10 million dollars it made 200 something million dollars and i know it's not huge but 200 million dollars is 200 million dollars for a yeah. character by comic book standards yeah, yeah yeah unfortunately it's up against the you need to make you know a billion right 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 uh so hopefully the expectation level isn't that because of the religious connotations, I don't know that I'll ever get there because you're not going to be able to open in certain markets. Like I don't think yeah. China will allow you to open the film because it has uh, religious iconography in it. Right. China. Unless, yeah, unless you were dealing with some sort of state sanctioned religious stuff that they allow, mm. but I don't, I don't even know what that is. Good call. A good question. Good point. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that's that's my deuce. It's a great choice, brother man. I, I wish I'd put it on my list. I'm looking at normally, you know, if you bring something up, I'll go, oh, who can I kick off? I really can't kick off anything. Or I would have found a way to slide Constantine off. I, you know, it's it, on. It's it's such a good movie. I love it to pieces. Um, 
and yeah, I would love love to have put it on the list, but in the end, I kind of kind of go with what I want. So then, my number two is the Batman. Okay, choose a pun from earlier, dude. This film, are you fucking kidding me? Holy shit, do I love this movie? I love this movie. Love this movie. Think, where am I at right now? Five or six times I've watched it now on HBO Max. Just really enjoy the vibe and the atmosphere. Again, this is who I am as a film goer. I love the grittier, dirtier, grungier, darker, noir fucking approach to superhero movies. I love it. And I enjoy getting lost in that world. You know, my counter is Vogel on the nerd pals or the geek dudes. Like the Dirk say, dudes, man, the, the alliteration. Dudes. That's the winning one. You should just change the name now. Geek buddies, dude, dork dudes. Dork dudes, yeah. The dork dudes. Um, Michael is he likes the brighter stuff. He likes the stuff like 1978 Superman. It's probably his favorite. So it's I get it, but this is where I live, and I like to see films like this. And so the Batman, Robert Pattinson was so good. Matt Reeves directed the fuck out of this. Um, Colin Farrell is a penguin unrecognizable and great oh yeah uh circus's alfred worked so well zoe kravitz's mm-hmm. catwoman again so good um and just the overall story i know people get mad about that third act but i don't have an issue with it at all and paul dano as uh, essentially the riddler works so well um from beginning all the way until the end do i like the <laughs> no i don't like that moment i wish they hadn't put that scene in there which moment when he's just like out the window Boom. Boom. I, I hate that. It undercuts him. But everything else with him is great. And even when he loses his mind thinking the Batman would be on his side, that speaks to the kind of unstable fandom people have with uh, icons or celebrities or people they think think the same way they do. I mean, history is littered with fans who think people are writing songs about them when they've never fucking met them. You know? Yeah. And so... That's what I think is happening in that moment when Dano's losing his shit at the Batman because he thinks him and the Batman had a connection that was through some kind of universal energy connected. And so it works for me. So I just I love the just the visuals, the pacing of the film, the direction, the score from uh, I think it's Benjamin Wolfish is such a great score. Um, and so some top to bottom. This is my favorite Batman film. Like it really is. There you go. Over Dark you know, Knight, you're out of your mind because I don't like Dark Knight because the whole fucking Aaron Eckhart storyline is terrible. But that's terribly great. <laughs> oh my god! You tell, yeah, look, yeah, the third act of the Batman, yeah, you could legitimately cut and it doesn't hurt the film. You could cut all of Aaron Eckhart and it doesn't hurt the film too. You can't. You can't. You can't. He's unnecessary. He is not. I'm not saying the third act is bad in the Batman because I enjoy it. But even in the theater, the first time as it's going on, it was like, you really didn't need all this. This just feels like padding. Um, Like you wanted to hit a specific runtime. Hockey pads. (laughs) Great scene. Yes. Yeah. You're just guy in pads. Um, I mean, I loved all the stupid little things like Mm. the introduction of the Batmobile. Yeah, oh my god. As this Ooh. just ominous presence when seeing that in the theater and you just hear the I was like, "Oh, yeah." And it just turns into this monster. It yeah. it, it makes it a horror film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost. Stalking poor thing. Yeah. 
And Penguin rightly is like, what the fuck is going on? And then they go to that chase that is absolutely amazing. Yeah, it doesn't, chance. like, there are moments where, like, how exactly did you just jump over an 18-wheeler? I don't care. I <laughs> do not care right now because this has been so fantastic. I love the shot of him walking up from mm. Penguin's perspective and then so. the flip. Uh, it's ch- artistic choice after artistic choice in that. Just it, it, it gave you even more to enjoy in a world where you think you've seen it all. Yeah. Um, and I like the new interpretation of Bruce Wayne, yeah, being yeah, yeah. fully disaffected from his wealth as opposed to doing the playboy, just the yeah. recluse. I don't want any of the money anyway, yeah, and not living up to that uh type of, of lifestyle stuff. Mm. Um, and everybody's still wanting his attention, yeah. He's Bruce yeah. Wayne. yeah, he's Bruce Wayne, and he's got all this money. Like when they they go to the funeral in the right. church, the congresswoman the, or whatever. Yeah, the mayor, the two B that we don't know at the time, but she's running yeah. and sidles up to him and tries to talk to him. But he's so relatively anonymous yeah. that the you know the regular the average person that's in the crowd just talks to him about how basically this all the these types of people need to to go away yeah and he's like okay and then everybody else who's you know quote unquote in the know knows precisely who he is but yeah if he was a big playboy well pretty sure his q rating would be higher with the average person mm, right exactly um well also yeah, the, I like good there's also the relationship with him and jeffrey wright the jim gordon batman relationship mm-hmm. It was such a new approach to that relationship, you know, where he's calling a man and he's calling him out on some things. And they even have that situation where he punches him to try to get out of there and stuff. There's some great stuff that's explored there that hasn't been explored in any Alfred Batman on screen that we've seen. And I mean, Gordon Batman or Alfred? Oh, sorry, Gordon Batman. Sorry, Gordon Batman that we've seen on screen. I mean, the Pat Hingle Keaton thing was ridiculous. There's nothing. But the Oldman and Bale is different you know it's father to son yeah it's patriarchal where yeah. this one is more kind of buddy cop yeah they're equals in a in a, mm-hmm. in a, in a way because jim isn't commissioner yet and he's not fully like the most experienced batman yet so they're both kind of at the same stage in their respective careers so it makes it like you said like a bit of a two-hander buddy cop thing which i think works so well um and they and they are willing with all the darkness and the deluge and the rain they still have the moments of humor, like with Penguin and Am I the only one who speaks Spanish? Uh, a lot of rata, a rata, a lot of yeah, that, a rata, a rata. Yeah, yeah. the masculine. Is a, <laughs> Come on, it's, yeah, but it's, to say that there's there's uh, comedy in there, did you really laugh at that or just kind of oh, make fuck. you smile a little bit? I was laughing my ass off at that because okay. well, you might have been was, alone. I thought maybe, but it's my reaction, and I was sitting there going, "This is so funny to break the tension." to break the tension, have this moment of humor. And there is, it's not like there isn't some shots being taken. I mean, Penguin takes shots at him from the opening time they meet each other all the way to the end. And even Gordon and him, I mean, because he's like, he comes out on the roof after he punches him. He's like, did, you could have pulled your punches. And he's like, I did. So there's little moments of humor between them. It's not a big laugh out loud, but there is some levity as we go along in the movie for sure. And Catwoman calls him out a couple times as well. So mm-hmm. there's enough to balance. Yeah. John Turturro, I actually believed is a mob oh, boss. So good. 
Totoro. I mean, who doesn't love Totoro? But yeah, I, as weird as it is, like uh, Wilkinson has mm. a little bit more of the physical presence sure. of what I think that character kind of is. Well, but yeah, then he's to a heavier see the, guy, a taller. Yeah, guy. yeah, to see the sly nature and the the mm. serpentine kind of uh, uh, essence mm. that Totoro brought to it. I was like, okay, yeah, I can, I can believe that too. Yeah, um, such a good actor. Yeah, he really is. You're right. We were watching a little bit of Old Brother last night, and I'm like, man, he, even though he might be slightly miscast in this role, he is. Oh, how dare you! Off to be all three of those castings are perfect. Him, Tim Blake Nelson, and George Clooney. I would all not three are perfect. I mean, he reads New York Italian. He does not read American South. Someone who grew up in the South, he does not read American South. You're also talking to somebody else. Who's, you can't claim every corner of America. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah come on. Born in Nashville, I've lived. Born in Nashville, sure, sure. I lived there. I've lived in uh, Kentucky and uh, West Virginia, in Indiana. West Virginia's not south, but okay. Indiana's Midwest. That's what I'm saying. Okay. You're trying to claim, then now you can try West Coast as well. Is there a section of the of the United States you do not claim as your own? Well, I'd New say England? the East Coast. I don't claim the East Coast at all. All right, fair enough. Nowhere along the entire Atlantic seaboard or into the Gulf of Mexico do I claim, or the Pacific Northwest, or oh. or you know uh, Montana, the Dakotas, Idaho. None of I think that. That's still considered part of that. Yeah, Northwest desert country, country, New Mexico, Arizona, Texas. I claim none of that. Okay. Nevada. I've lived here. I lived in the Midwest, and I've lived in the South. Those okay. are the three places I've lived. All right. Okay. You just don't like it when I have some of the same shared experiences and well, can speak to, given the I fact that like all of my family lives in the South. And that's Torturo where I go reads New York Italian. There's Dude, nothing about him that reads just South. Zero. Racist is what that is. That is typecasting. And I'm glad you're not in a position of power. Oh, it's true. Uh, oh, yeah. Matt can also claim Texas because of the Matthew Empire. I don't know what that means. I think because he's in Texas and it's Matthew and Matthew. That's my guess. Oh, oh, right. And McConaughey and I, I don't yeah, know. But Has- Hasso's insane. So I don't know if you want to claim Once Texas again, dude, Hasso. He is going to roundhouse you to the breadbasket. You're going to go down. <laughs> Please. Police. Um, all right. Where are, we, where are we at? Jesus Christ. We got to end this show. Where are we at? You're two. My two. You're, you're one. I already did my two. So my one is Dark Knight. We've yeah. talked Dark Knight. Okay. It's so my can... one is Joker. So, do we um, want to talk Dark Knight and Joker, or what do we want to do? We, could, I think, look, Dark Knight. We've discussed. It's made a lot of the lists on this show. Yeah. We can talk Joker if you like, though. Yeah, um, it's my number one. I was really surprised that it was my number one. You know, and I see people once again, self-important film critics are trying to not call this a king of comedy knockoff. Hey, king of comedy wasn't that good. So don't give me this shit that it's a knockoff. Well, it's a good film. I don't say King Comedy is not a good film. It is a good film. It isn't a legendary film like some people like to claim it is. And um, it's not a knockoff. In, 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 in no, There's elements of that film in it, but all great filmmakers are influenced by the filmmakers that came before. And it's in no way is it the same thing, for God's sakes. So I just I find that to be a fascinating thing. Show me... Where he ki- show me the crazy Sarah Bernhardt character. Show me where he kidnaps the Jerry Lewis character. He doesn't. He shows up on the Jerry Lewis character show. 
and fucking blows his brains out. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. There's, there's so much about the Joker that it lives and breathes on its own and what he's going through and what he's experiencing. And it's a reflection back on our society and the way we've treated people in our world. Nothing about King of Comedy is a reflection back on our society and how we treat the Rupert Pupkins of the world, for God's sakes. There's a difference here. Uh, and it's it's about much more, in my opinion, than King of Comedy was. So I just I go insane when people try to denigrate it as a Scorsese ripoff. It's like, fuck you. Like, I just find I that mean, to be insane to me. I see there's elements, influences. Sure. It's not a knockoff, for God's sake. Do I think that's harsh? Yes. Yes. Do I think it's somewhat accurate? Yes. Look, King of Comedy and Taxi Driver are Joker. King of Comedy and Taxi Driver are Joker. Who's the political person that he's obsessed with? I'm just saying. You take. You're you're just saying the vibe is the same. But also the character construct of Taxi Driver, where he's this unhinged individual and capable of potentially snapping, mixed with the uh, delusion and uh, celebrity fixation of a Rupert Pupkin. And you end up with someone like Joker. Now, I'm, 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 I will agree that they add more nuance to it than it exists there, and create something new with it. And I'm not denigrating it because I have a technically three, and by rights, probably it's in the more closer to two range on my list. But once again, Mm. I wanted to break up my list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do think it's a product of its influences, and quite distinctly, you can clearly, you know, locate and demarcate. Absolutely. Here's what it's, you know, uh, grabbing from. Do you think that Scorsese's more verbal, um, we'll say displeasure with the current state of cinema is more vocal now? Like, I'd be curious to look back and see when he became so public about it. And if it was like around the announcement of Joker and then basically around Hollywood, it got to him that, hey, they're taking from these two very liberally as, you know, ideas to cobble together to create something new. And he's like, God damn it, man, I made art and you guys are making comic book movies. I would argue that Joker is art. I, 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 I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he has a, I think he probably loves Joker as an homage to what he's, what he created. I think he probably loves that because he made films when he was first starting out or in the early stages of his life. There were homages to some of the directors that he loved, like Akira Kurosawa and other uh, directors that were uh, in, that influenced him Italian-wise or John Ford. He had sure. elements of that in his movies, right? We get snowed over by the fact that it's crime stuff. And, but there are elements in those movies that are very much connected or influenced by the directors that influenced him growing up and loving film. And all of them have that, for God's sake. So... Yeah, the thing about this one is it's much more blatant in terms of the vibe and the atmosphere. Setting it in New York feels like it's set in the 1970s, right? So you've mm-hmm. got the feeling of like um, the dinginess of the city, the hopelessness of the city. All of that is there. Um, but this is, but he's not a former uh, Vietnam vet coming back to work. He's not doing voiceovers like, oh, the streets of New York. He's not doing any of that. He's experiencing the city and trying to figure out where he belongs in the city. He's actually wanting acceptance in a completely fucked up way. Pup- Pupkin only wants acceptance. He, he wants the adulation of the crowd. Yeah. 
A hundred percent. Yeah. He's not pursuing the adulation of the crowd. He, and, and uh, Joker isn't. And in taxi driver, his, his, what he's doing in taxi driver, uh, um, Bickle is trying to uh, enact his sense of right and wrong onto his society because he feels so um, small in society. And so if, if he attacks a, a, a candidate or if he, you know, takes a beautiful woman and defiles her by taking her to a porn society, or if he like saves this prostitute from a pimp, they're all misguided and fucked up approaches to supposedly make a better world. Mm-hmm. Whereas Joker is about turning the mirror around and showing you what it is that you've created. All of us have created in this society. So I think that's where the difference is for me, in my opinion. But that being said, I have to respect other people's opinions and points of views on it. I just don't like the way people kind of just dismiss it in such a arrogant way. Um, who couldn't, who couldn't direct the frame of that film correctly. So I'd say back to one on that and try not to do that through gritted teeth. (laughs) Just that's my note. Let's try it back to one. Let's try that again. Respect everyone's opinion. (laughs) You're entitled. It's a free society, I guess. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's uh let's get on this roll. We're at hour 45. We got to get out of here. All right. Um, that's our list. Let's that's our separate lists. Let's put these lists together quickly. Do the bang, do the drums, and let's get on out of here. Well, it's what Dark Knight one three versus Joker one three. Oh shit. So I guess I'll flip. All right, the flip into the coin. Uh, did not go across the room, and the Dark Knight is the winner. It is not a shame. Joker is two. I guess the Batman would be three, then. I have that as four, and you have that as two? I think so, yeah, yeah. Oops, sorry. Um, okay. Well, after that, like Wonder Woman is seven nine, Man of Steel is five eight, I believe you have a five. Uh where is my and then Suicide Squad is all the way down at the bottom. All right, let me move the mic over to the right. Here we go. That gives me more room. All right, what were we saying? Um Yeah, Batman, you have Man of Steel at five, right? Man of Steel is at four. Four, right, four, eight, and Man of Steel, I think, goes next. What about the Batman? That was my two. Where's that at? It's already on there. It's number three. All right. So it's Joker, the Batman, the, the Dark Knight, and Man of Steel are all on there. Correct. Okay. Cool. Um. So then we have Wonder Woman is seven nine, and Suicide Squad is nine ten. I say we save that for a little bit later. Okay. Uh, I have my two in Constantine. Oh, what number are we at? That's one through five if we have Constantine at five. Okay. All right, fine. I will allow it. Oh. I'm the one that actually types this out. So you really wanna you wanna get snotty about this? What do you got uh, next? So you got one through four, and I've got one through four as well. Um all right, so Zack Snyder's Justice League is my next one at number five. Um, because I'm a magnanimous individual. Oh Lord! Yeah, I will go ahead and uh, allow. 
they steal the parlance of another person on this wow. show. Justice League there, and then I'll go Batman since that was mine. I would say Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad, and then we got one left. Okay. So 1978 Superman is my number six. Does it make the list? We are flipping. Oh, shit. What do you have? V for Vendetta, number six. Oh, for God's sakes. Yeah, it's not even close. V is a much better movie. Oh, you're an insane person. Much better movie. It's like leaps and bounds to steal the parlance, once again, to use that phrase, of uh, a previous movie. Flip it, man. Come on. 1972. Oh, two for two for me today. That's a shame. That's horrific. All right. All right, let's do this thing. The top 10 DC movies, yeah. At number 10. V for Vendetta. At number nine. The Suicide Squad. At number eight. Wonder Woman. At number seven. Batman. At number six, Justice League. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, sorry. At number five, Constantine. At number four, Man of Steel. At number three, The Batman. At number two, Joker. And our number one DC movie is? Is The Dark Knight. There it is. Even with Uh, all that terrible Aaron Eckhart shit. All right, I guess. All right. What can you do? Yeah, some people don't appreciate quality when they see it. You know what I mean? Rachel. Rachel. Okay. Anyway. All right. Um, let's get on out of here. Thank you all so much for watching us live. For those of you who are the patrons who joined us, all five of you, Matthew Hasso, Charles Clark, uh, Paul Cree, Nicholas Baldwin, and maybe another person who didn't chime. Oh, Drew Enns as well joining us. So thank you all so much. For joining us live, we appreciate it. Thanks to everybody who's a patron. Um, and uh, what else do we have to tell them here, Matt? You can follow the show on Twitter at Top Ten Show. It's all spelled out. It's also on the screen above my head. Or you can go to Instagram, YouTube. It's forward slash The Top Ten Podcast with the number ten. And uh, hit us up on any of those. You can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Uh, check out my other show, Settle the Score. Uh, John was recently a yes. guest on that. So much fun. And had a good time with him. And you can find that anywhere you get podcasts, or you can head to youtube.com forward slash Matt Nost to watch it over there. I mean, you put two Latinos in a room, man. We're going to battle. We're going to fucking battle. So I loved it. And Darina trying to play the nice girl for the first round until she was falling behind. Then all of a sudden the claws came out. I thought it was Fantastic. One person chimed in on Twitter and be like, Dorina was first, and she immediately liked that one. Be like, trust me, if I watched it, I'm not trying to play favorites here. He beat you. <laughs> I know it was very funny. Um, all right, as for me, you can follow me at the Roka says on Twitter, Instagram, the Outlaw Nation on Twitch. Um, well, my YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash John Roka says. And uh, what else? Oh, and my other podcast as well, the uh, Cinephiles, uh, the Geek Buddies, the Hot Mic, and Strong Style. So thank you all so much for listening to us and hanging out with us and being a part of the Patreon. We appreciate you all madly. Don't forget, we got Topic Thunder coming up as well this week. So make sure you listen to that uh, or watch that from us as well. All right, take care of yourselves. Be well. We'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Top Ten Show. Peace. Ooh.